now listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. On today's program, I want to talk about a number of things, starting with the new normal. So first of all, we need to ask ourselves the question, since we have theoretically, uh, allegedly entered uh, an environment, planet Earth, the United States, which is under the umbrella of the what they call the new normal. Now, the new normal is a verbiage, it's a description created by the WEF, the World Economic Forum. And the World Economic Forum is one of the most powerful and wealthiest institutions in the world. The World Economic Forum has been on the fast track of late in creating their vision of a new world order, or uh, a synonym used by them for the new world order would be uh, the Great Reset. So, the never before in the history of mankind, and this is important to understand, never before in the history of mankind have we had this giant Great Reset in which Everything on planet Earth is being reimagined, re-engineered, <clears throat> and where, where this is ultimately going is to a place where the globalist elite, the world's wealthiest families and banking institutions and individuals, these people um, it's not publicly known because because we have a media which is owned by them. So they only allow information out which they want out. So the globalist elite, the wealthiest families on planet Earth, the richest families on planet Earth, um, are all part of this global reset or this new world order. And the way they envision it is that they're selling it. They're, they're using their skills of persuasion, scientific mind control, propaganda, and other techniques of programming the minds of men and women everywhere. They're all about programming people's minds. And by people, I mean the masses. The people that they're interested in programming are the ordinary, middle-class, working-class people who they have enrolled to be, for lack of better words, they have enrolled to be their worker bees, their slaves. Now, just like Aldous Huxley, who wrote the novel Brave New World, in which uh, there was a scientific dictatorship, And so this totalitarian state was ruled by a totalitarian dictatorship, which functioned along the lines of a scientific dictatorship or a totalitarian elite. And they did everything, uh, including genetic engineering, DNA modification technology, mind control technology. And all kinds of things to completely reinvent society as we know it, 
and ultimately their game plan is to radically transform the citizens, the ordinary citizens of their nations, into slaves, into worker bees. And and the way they do that, and Aldous Huxley depicted this uh, very well in his book, Brave New World, the way they transform their masses into slaves is that they genetically engineer them, they um, program them, they use scientific mind control, DNA modification, selective breeding, and, and if you look at their focus, they are all about creating a master race, and they're all about creating a uh, <clears throat> eugenic society. What is a eugenic society? A eugenic society is the same kind of society that Adolf Hitler and the Nazis had when they selectively bred, just like horses or animals. They were into selective breeding, and they were all about breeding what they believed were superior genetic or DNA uh, animals in order to produce a master race. And so what Huxley talked about in his book, Brave New World, he said that in a truly effective scientific dictatorship, people will not resist or fight or rebel against this scientific dictatorship. If the scientific dictatorship is done properly, Huxley said, then the scientific dictatorship will make it highly desirable for mankind to be under the subjugation and the rulership of this scientific dictatorship. And so you use all kinds of things. You use mind-altering drugs like mescaline, psilocybin, ketamine, LSD, and other drugs. You completely shatter and fracture and fragment the family unit, and you destroy the family unit. You destroy feminine, uh, being feminine. You destroy um, all remnants of the nuclear family, a husband and a wife. All of those things are eradicated and replaced by a futuristic, hedonistic society where there are no moral or sexual restraints, because the moral and sexual restraints get in the way of the game plan designed by the Great Reset. You see, the Great Reset is a rebellion from Judeo-Christian beliefs or biblical beliefs or God's Word. What we're seeing is the globalist elite who, who also uh, perceive themselves as the Luciferian elite because of their allegiance to Luciferian ideas, and they're in total rebellion from um, anything that has to do with a Christian worldview, marriage, virtue, the family, the father, the mother, etc., etc. They want to smash and destroy that into a thousand pieces. So the only thing that's left is this this, uh, humanistic, existentialist remnant 
and you see this in Brave New World. Um, the, the 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 lead characters in Brave New World are constantly going to public orgies, and the 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 celebration of sexual. They don't call it sexual immorality, but but Huxley depicts rampant sexual immorality uh, all over the place and sexual orgies and uh, absolutely no marriage whatsoever. People just sleep together and promiscuous sexuality and not only just promiscuous sexuality, but, but Huxley depicted a world where sexual immorality was rampant. And the characters in the book participate in these orgies. They take a psychedelic-type drug called Soma, and when they take the psychedelic drug uh, called Soma, it alters their consciousness. They, they participate in sexual orgies, and they have no desire to get married. They have no desire to have bonding of any kind. All of this is tossed away. Because you see secretly behind the scenes, the, the elite, the scientific elite, secretly behind the scenes, the scientific elite are re-engineering society based on uh, scient- so-called scientific methodology. Now, <clears throat> I read uh, Brave New World when I was uh, in third grade, and it made it made more impact. I mean, I was raised in an atheistic, existentialist, humanist home, where I was taught to think for myself, to read books, to to devour books, and uh, this this being raised in a secular humanist home. In fact, in, in some respects, it was a transhumanist home because I, as a young boy, wanted to be a scientist. And many of my first and initial, you know, high school uh, science projects were, um, I didn't know it then, but they were transhumanist in nature. So I wanted to be a scientist. I did all kinds of things like fire rockets into the sky with little mice in them. two-stage rockets, which would parachute back to the Earth. I um, conducted, uh, because I wanted to be a scientist, I was devouring books on science and science fiction. So I uh, took a plant, a healthy plant, took a hypodermic needle and injected the healthy plant with alcohol to preserve it, to keep it, I didn't know what I was going (laughs) to keep it as, some kind of living thing. And, and my, my scientific experiment, and this I actually displayed before the school at the science fair, <clears throat> but the essence of the scientific experiment was it was based on the science of transhumanism, even though that word was not popular back then. So under the science of transhumanism, I injected this plant with alcohol, and then put it in the freezer, wrapped it tightly to insulate it, and then put it in the freezer uh, of, of my house, which was not really a, a delicious-looking uh, type thing. And the, the goal of the experiment was to freeze 
with alcohol injected into it to freeze uh, this plant with the hope of resurrecting it later on. Now, the purpose of this uh, transhumanist scientific experiment was based on the, the newly arrived science known as chirogenics. Chirogenics was the science where wealthy individuals could buy for themselves a chirogenics chamber, and the chirogenics chamber would be stored deep underground, and literally their entire body, brain, mind, and soul, their entire being was frozen solid and oxygenated and hooked up to all kinds of technologies and then placed deep under the earth. And the purpose of this experiment, really, it paralleled the science of chirogenics that Dr. Timothy Leary, the LSD professor, and others were very much into. They had, they had the money and, and the vision to freeze their bodies so that, so that at some future time in the future, they could unthaw their frozen bodies, and in the future, they could resurrect their bodies and bring their bodies back from a, fr a frozen death and bring their bodies back into uh, reality uh, in the future where, theoretically, we would have the technology to, to resurrect life one way or another. So it was a chirogenics experiment, and it was a transhumanist experiment. Now, you have to understand that back there when I did that, nobody, but nobody, first of all, nobody knew what the term chirogenics meant. Second of all, when, with the help of my father, who was an artist, he added a visual display of intensity to, to my science project. And so what could have been a, a visual disaster was really a mind-blowing uh, technological uh, setup of a plant preserved in uh, freezing temperatures using a hypodermic needle, which infused the green plant with alcohol. And that was my, and, and there was a lot of writing and research to, to go along with my chirogenics experiment. What I didn't know at the time was that two of the most influential people in my life at a young age were Aldous Huxley, who wrote Brave New World, which I just talked to you about. And then his brother was Julian Huxley, who was the father of, of the United Nations division known as UNESCO, which is the global educational arm of the United Nations. And, and they're the ones behind the plan to mass educate our children, and they're behind the plan to mass sexually indoctrinate the children through UNESCO. And Julian Huxley and the Huxleys were intellectual warriors for the dark side, for humanism, for transhumanism. And so it's not an accident that Julian Huxley uh, was one of the first signers of the uh, Humanist Manifesto One, one of the first signers of the Humanist Manifesto, and 
the goals of humanism, and one of the goals of humanism was to replace and make it irrelevant, to make Christianity and a biblical worldview irrelevant in, in modern society. So Julian Huxley ends up being one of the fathers of humanism, but he's also one of the primary fathers of transhumanism. And if you read, as I have, and studied um, uh, Julian Huxley's writings, you discover that his writings are packed, filled with literature of eugenics, selective breeding, DNA modification, and the entire fantasy, if you will, because I believe ultimately it's a fantasy. Julian Huxley developed the fantasy of artificially creating futuristic men and women based on the science of eugenics, selective breeding, and using technology, biology, science, physics, and other scientific disciplines to create, uh, to, to, to literally, if you bottom line it, their goal was to create man and to make man as a god. And the way they planned on making man as a god is by creating a transhumanist future where they would use technology, computers, uh, DNA modification, genetic modification, and all kinds of futuristic sciences would be used in the creation of a new man and a new woman, and you would have artificial immortality, and you would live forever. But because they militantly did not believe in God, the way they planned to live forever was by incorporating uh, eugenics, uh, selective breeding, DNA modification, and, and many other things. So they foresaw the future where we live in a science fiction style world, and the father of transhumanism turns out to be Julian Huxley. Now, here is a very important point. As you've heard me say on the Paul McGuire Report, I guess endlessly, there are certain Bible verses and certain thought streams, etc., that I say repeatedly. And one of the things that I say repeatedly is knowledge is power. If you have knowledge, then you have power. You have intellectual power, you have uh, economic power, you have philosophical power, spiritual power, you have the power to design and reboot entire societies. So knowledge is power. When Christians make the collective decision to reject knowledge, as the majority of Christians do, then they subsequently become powerless beings. Men and women who are devoid of the knowledge of science and psychology and economics and banking and financing, etc., etc. And so you have, uh, intentionally, you have the development of what could be called a genetic underclass or a DNA underclass or a deliberately genetically designed inferior race who will be the slaves and who will be the servants 
of this brave new world. Now, in you, you really need to do this. I'm telling you, it will change your life. You need to grab a hold of a copy of my brand new book, Power from on High. I'm serious about it. Go to paulmcguire.us, buy yourself a copy of Power from on High at a discount. And I, I share with you my journey, my quest into existentialism, transhumanism, psychedelic drugs, altered states of consciousness, Aldous Huxley, Julian Huxley, and an, and an entire spectrum of cutting-edge thought. You see, because my parents were militantly anti-Christian, they proceeded ahead in developing in me a hunger and thirst for reading and studying, whether it was science or art or intellectualism or literature or whatever. They instilled in me a cutting-edge interest in all of these things. So it wasn't an accident that when I was in third grade, it was like Moses. I'm not trying to say I'm Moses, so don't get me wrong. But it was like when Moses climbed up that mountain and came down with the Ten Commandments. When I read Alice Huxley's book, it was like literally, and I'm speaking metaphorically. I'm not speaking literally right now, but metaphorically, it was like being hit with a lightning bolt and having my consciousness changed radically through the study of science and philosophy that began at a very young age. Now, in addition to to that uh, interest, one of the things that I noticed about this guy Harari, who who's the the right hand man to Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum. Harari, who's like the top dog of the World Economic Forum, he was doing a live television interview before the entire world, and he made the statement, and it grabbed me, because it illustrates what I've been talking about in terms of knowledge being power. He, by the way, and I can understand it, but he despises Christians. And so what Harari uh, the right-hand man to uh, Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum, he also read the science fiction novel Brave New World. He read Brave New World approximately at the same age. In fact, I think it was the same. It was the exact same age that I read Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, and it revolutionized his life. Except. His distorted mind, Yuval Harari, Yuval Noah Harari, his distorted mind gravitated towards the the plan, the game, the game plan of this uh, brave new world. And in the darkness of his mind, he perceives this brave new world as the ideal transhumanist society that mankind will live in in the future. So this entire futuristic utopian society is developed by guys like Harari and others with the World Economic Forum. Now, again, uh, you know, when I use the word synchronicity, I'm not talking about like a fervent religious belief in synchronicity. 
But I do notice that to whatever degree uh, we are affected scientifically, technologically, and vibrationally in terms of synchronicity, which was a theory proposed by Carl Jung and others. So um, there's one other thing I want to share as we go down this road, uh, and that is, and again, with everything in me, you need to get power from on high. You need to turn on your brain and turn off the stupidity. I'm not saying you're stupid, please. But you see, we are in an all-out battle for the future of mankind. I wrote about this in my most recent, well, no, not. I wrote about this in a recent book called The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World. And after that, I wrote uh, Power from on High. And, and I wrote other books, like A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2, Conquering the Matrix, The Day the Dollar Died, and all the other books available right now to you at a de- discount at paulmcguire.us. You read those books, I promise you, you will detonate with the dunamis power of God. You will detonate any superficiality, any stupidity, any laziness any softness of the mind, and you will experience a radical transformation, and you will experience a metamorphosis, if you will, from that of being a low-level, dumbed-down slave creature who basically is a slave for the globalist elite. You will be dumbed down for that specific purpose, because that is the goal of the globalist elite, the Luciferian elite, that's their master plan for you. Their master plan for you is to make you a slave. And and so, because they have already dumbed down the majority of the population all around the world, they have dumbed them down to a scientific dictatorship, and they have programmed them to, to be the slaves of the Great Reset. But because so many Americans and people around the world have been scientifically dumbed down, so many people have been uh, had their IQ, their cognitive abilities, their perception, their thinking processes turned in reverse and dumbed down so that they can no longer function at the high, high level that God created them to function in when God originally created mankind, male and female, in the Garden of Eden. When God created mankind in the Garden of Eden, he created mankind as a unique and special creature who was transcendent and way, way above in terms of intelligence, in terms of gifting, in terms of performance. The, the man and woman that God created in the Garden of Eden was a creature with so much capacity, so many gifts, so many talents, so many abilities, so many uh, uh, methods of using increased intelligence, knowledge, which is power, and riding on the crest of that intellectual momentum uh, mankind was created by the personal, by the infinite personal living God of the universe. Mankind was created 
to be a creature above and beyond the angels, including the highest level angels. Mankind was created to be uh, a godlike creature uh, and with superior genetics and superior technology. That was the, their plan for mankind. Now, uh, one other experiment, and before I, I, I talk to you about that, is that in whatever you do in life, whether we're talking about your children or grandchildren, whether you're talking about you yourself in whatever career uh, you believe God is calling you into, there are principles in the Bible that transcend the Bible. There are principles in the Bible that will supernaturally enable you to operate at a far higher level of consciousness and to operate at a far higher level of gifting than most people are presently operating at. And the key, remember, remember this with everything in you, in terms of the reality that you and I are in an all-out spiritual warfare between God and Lucifer, the fallen angels, the fallen angel angelic armies, and the demons, and the angels of God, and God, and the um, enemies of God. This is an all-out war that takes place in multiple dimensions, specifically the spiritual dimension. And it's a battle to the finish. In this all-out warfare with Lucifer and the fallen angels, God's premier creation, mankind, men and women, are the highest order of creation that God has ever created. And so when men and women fell in the Garden of Eden after uh, Lucifer inhabiting a, a, a serpent tempted them in the Garden of Eden, he tempted them by enticing them that they would become like gods if they ate from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. So, what we're seeing right now, because the people that we're engaged in a conflict with are also known as the Luciferian elite, because they, they esteem the principles of Lucifer, they worship Lucifer as God, and they listen to Lucifer and Lucifer's teaching in implementing their game plan. And this is where they are. So, where we are as a, a species and a civilization, we are, because of technology, because of physics, because of mathematics and computers and artificial intelligence and robotics and cyborgs and all the rest of these technologies and sciences, we have been put on the fast track and we have surpassed in terms of our creative potential. We have surpassed uh, any potential that the other fallen creatures may have. Because Jesus, because remember, when we're looking at a template of who Adam and Eve were, DNA-wise and genetically, we are looking at the fact that they were created in the image of God, DNA-wise and genetically. They were created in the image of God. 
and they were created in the image of God, and God created them both male and female. And there's no other species like mankind except for God. And it is only mankind, mankind that has accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, mankind who has been born again by faith, it is only mankind who has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. And when an individual human invites Jesus Christ into their heart and asks Jesus Christ to make them born again, Jesus Christ will make those men and women born again. They will become new creatures in Christ Jesus. And when they die, they will immediately enter heaven in a brand new glorified body with supernatural powers and supernatural giftings. Okay, you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. Be sure, absolutely be sure to visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. And we will be back in just a moment. This is Paul McGuire, and you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. Okay, so flashing back to my childhood, where I was immersed in science, science fiction, and things of that nature. It wasn't all that long after I had read Aldous Huxley's Brave New World, etc. It wasn't all that long. And in, in Brave New World, you know, they were taking psychedelic drugs and stuff. And I was reading this in third grade. So it was a relatively short period after that that I read uh, another one of Aldous Huxley's books, which was called Heaven and Hell and the Doors of Perception. Now, the rock and roll group with Jim Morrison, The Doors, they named their group The Doors after Aldous Huxley's, after Aldous Huxley's book, The Doors of Perception which I also read. So when, when the, the theory espoused by Aldous Huxley in his book, The Doors of Perception, was that if you took a psychedelic drug like um, mescaline, which he did experimentally, Aldous Huxley uh, was experimenting with the psychedelic drug mescaline so that his consciousness could leave his body and so that he could go through the doors of perception of this materialistic universe and enter into uh, another multidimensional world. So he advocated and experimented with using the psychedelic drug mescaline to go through the doors of perception in an attempt to find higher reality, in an attempt to find the, the, the meaning to life and the answers to life. Now, I read that book also, The Doors of Perception, at a very young age. One of my best friends, his father, was a medical doctor. I'm not saying... My, my friend... His father was a medical doctor, but his father didn't know what his son had uh, connived him into doing. But however it happened, my, my best friend, or one of my good friends, 
uh, at a young age in school, got his, his hands on uh, some pharmaceutical grade mescaline, which is pharmaceutically pure mescaline, which makes it far more powerful. And when you ingest mescaline, you, you have an altered state of consciousness and you move through the doors of perception. And so I was going to make that, <laughs> I was going to make that my science project. But, for, but fortunately, uh, sanity caught up with me. And I realized that if I had done a science experiment called the Doors of Perception, even with all of Alice Huxley's credentials, that if I had, that if I had kept a, a notebook and, and uh, it was fully illustrated and fully researched and you know, photographed, et cetera, et cetera, and if I, my thesis was, can you go through the doors of perception by ingesting uh, the psychedelic drug mescaline, as Aldous Huxley advocated? So I experimented with uh, the psychedelic drug mescaline, and I went through the doors of perception. Then later on, Huxley became a prime leader and mover in the counterculture and uh, a promoter of the usage of LSD, which is far more powerful. And uh, people like Dr. Timothy Leary, who I met in uh, the East Village of, uh, uh, well, the East Village in, in the village of in Manhattan, in Lower Manhattan. I ran into Aldous Huxley. No, not, not Aldous Huxley. I ran into Dr. Timothy Leary and ended up living very near Dr. Timothy Leary up on Lookout Mountain Avenue. And I talk about all of this and and the quest I was on in my book, Power from On High. So what's weird about all of this is that I believe that God has a plan for everybody's life. Now, God was calling out to me throughout this entire time. The problem was is that I was ignoring God. And I was listening to the voices of false prophets with false truths. So Dr. Timothy Leary was was promoting the usage of LSD. LSD, by the way, along with mescaline, these are very dangerous drugs. But little did I know, as I recently finished writing Power from on High, where I chronicle my, my quest, my journey for truth, and where I, I talk about my hatred of Christianity and the miraculous way that God saved me. And as you'll see in the book, it's, it's, it's a field of dreams experience that takes place on the back roads of Missouri where I'm fleeing from a Christian religious retreat. And what's weird about it is, is the guy who invites me there <clears throat> seemed to be a genuine Christian. But all the other people were denominational Christians, and they had no interest whatsoever in discussing Christianity, which was the only reason I went there. So when I got there, what I saw confirmed my worst fears, which that was that Christianity was like a, a, a Play-Doh religion, just, just a, a, a dumb game for stupid people. And that's what I saw when I got there. And I am not being unkind. Not one person when I asked about God, etc., not one person picked up on it. 
Now, back then, I had long hair and blue jeans and taking psychedelic drugs. I was very well-read. My major was both filmmaking and altered states of consciousness in the brand new field, which was part of the brand new field in psychology. And and the guy who was sincere said, Paul, he said to me, Paul, well, because I told him I got to get out of here because it was a nut house. And so he told me that God would take care of my rides home, and I kind of sloughed it off. But that's exactly what happened. I stuck out my thumb in the middle of nowhere. And many of you have heard the story. The story's in the book, Power From On High. And my first ride was from a Bible salesman. No, excuse me. My first ride was from a Pentecostal preacher and his wife who talked to me all about Jesus. He took me as far as they were going. And he let, let me off in the middle of nowhere by the cornfields in the back dirt roads of Missouri, just like in a field of dreams. And then my second ride was from a Pentecostal, no, my second ride was from a Bible salesman driving a station wagon jam-packed with leather-bound King James Bibles. And miraculously, because you got to remember, back then I hated Christianity, so miraculously, uh, he leads me in a prayer. And you have to understand that that I wrote the book Power From On High, the way it happened. I didn't tidy it up to conform to somebody's theology. What happened was wait, the way it happened. So what happened was, and, and some people would probably say, oh, he, he wasn't saved. Believe me, I was saved after this experience. I was saved because I invited Christ into my life, and I was born again. But you have to remember, even though I was asking Jesus to forgive me of my sins on the back roads of Missouri, simultaneously I had a big conflict because I didn't even believe in the word sin. To me, as a humanist, sin was some kind of antiquated and archaic and, and, old, fa- and old fashioned idea that was, even, was not even applicable to, the, to, the, to today's world. But you need to get the book and read it, because it it takes a deep dive. Now, um, so all these things are happening. I'm meeting people like Ken Kesey, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, the guru for the Grateful Dead. I'm meeting other gurus, uh, one who's trying to, to communicate with me telepathically. I experienced telepathy. Forms of remote viewing, um, <clears throat> OBEs, out-of-body experiences. I, I, enca- I encountered entities, which I now know were demonic entities. And finally, I was born again, felt nothing when it happened, but was born again on the back roads of Missouri. But then the following day, I had the most powerful miracle in my entire life when it was literally as if the sky cracked open and I saw God. And I knew that I knew that I knew that Jesus Christ was Lord and that Jesus Christ was real. And that everything else that I'd been pursuing, transcendental meditation, meditation, Kundalini, and all the rest of the stuff were all illusions. So, flashing forward, uh, I get radically saved. That's in the book. There's a lot of stuff in the book that I think you'll find very interesting. 
and then I um, I I have this overwhelming, literally an overwhelming supernatural encounter with Jesus Christ, in which in in a nanosecond I knew that I knew that I knew that Jesus Christ was Lord, and everything else I was involved in was an illusion, it was a hallucination, or it was a spiritual counterfeit. And I also, you know, like today, <clears throat> it's very interesting, the, the time period that we live in today, in some, reset, in some respects, is a recycling <clears throat> of what was going on during the counterculture, hippie culture time period uh, back then. It's kind of like a replay. So, as I've talked to you about on this about this on the Paul McGuire report, the, the three fastest growing or the two fastest growing religions in America are number one, Wicca or witchcraft or paganism is the fastest growing religion in America because it delivers on all kinds of supernatural experiences. The second fastest, and this is a complete contradiction, but the second fastest growing religion in America after Wicca or witchcraft is humanism, secular humanism, and even atheism. And when I do some radio interviews like Coast to Coast with George Norrie and, and other very, very big secular radio programs where the audience is primarily secular, and I tell my story, I get a massive number of phone calls from people who call up or email me and say, Paul, my, my story is the exact opposite of yours. I was raised as a born-again Bible-believing Christian, but today I have left Christianity. I'm no longer a born-again Christian. I no longer believe the Bible. And today I'm an atheist or an existentialist or secular humanist. Basically, they're saying, I'm no longer a born-again Christian. I have become an atheist. And there's a whole, whole lot of people who fit into that category. Now, this is part of, of the call that God has given me, is to communicate the reality of the gospel, the reality of the supernatural, in unconventional uh, and in an unconventional manner, to think outside of the box, to communicate outside of the box. And what I've discovered is of the overwhelming majority of people that I meet who are involved in the New Age movement, in the counterculture, in witchcraft, in, in mystical religions, in Eastern mystical religions, the overwhelming majority of these people are uh, they are uh, they have completely rebelled and rejected I don't believe for a minute by the way after talking to to a huge number of people I don't believe for a minute that the overwhelming majority of these people have rejected Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior I don't believe that they've rejected the biblical God I believe that what has really happened <clears throat> is that some way along some way along the way, 
after talking to these people, I I discovered that they are not really rejecting Jesus Christ as Lord. They're not really rejecting the biblical God. They're not really rejecting the truth of God's word. What's really happening when you when you get right down to it, what's really happening is they are rejecting traditional playtime make believe fake it till you make it evangelical Christianity. What they're really rejecting is playtime in the sandbox called evangelical Christianity. So all the little non-biblical quirks, all the the weird, you know, stuff that that goes along with the Christian culture but has nothing to do with the Bible or a biblical worldview. I mean, if you go to your average evangelical church or your average Christian church, there is so much garbage attached to this 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 clone of Christianity. And people don't like it and people are turned off by it because it doesn't it's not tangible. It doesn't taste as if it was real. It it doesn't connect with truth. And it doesn't answer the big, big questions about life and the afterlife. It completely misses the boat in answering all these massive questions. And the reason for that is because so much of contemporary Christianity, evangelical Christianity, Bible-believing Christianity, or whatever you want to call it, so much of that is playing church. And it is disconnected from reality. And I remember when I was an atheist, and I remember discerning when something was disconnected from reality. And so, uh, these people, and there are a large number, I would say, the, well, what this article said by, by respectable pollsters, what the article said was that the people who compose the uh, uh, all the numbers of once Christians who have now turned their back on Christianity and have embraced witchcraft and the supernatural and Eastern mystical religions, all of that happened because they did not find the authentic supernatural within Christianity, and they and they discovered a lot of phony baloney stuff in what is called Christianity. And Christianity showed up in their life as something unreal. So all of that happened at the same time. Now, in my book, Power from on High, I give answers to all those people that you may know. I give real answers in a fast-moving but understandable way. I give real answers. I bring home the bacon, so to speak, but nobody eats bacon anymore. I bring home the bacon. And I talk about Christianity in a vibrant, hopefully intelligent, cutting-edge way. And I keep up on the latest research regarding things like the paranoia, paranoia, (laughs) regarding things like the paranormal, things like the CIA experiments, in which they experimented 
with putting people, exposing people to isochronic tones and binaural beats that were in the theta electromagnetic frequency range. And the, the theta vibrational frequency is the frequency of creativity and the frequency of altered states of consciousness, etc. And yet, our Central Intelligence Agency is experimenting with this stuff as potential weaponry. And when you hear or listen to or read the material delivered by uh, the CIA program to develop super soldiers, you see that the CIA developed super soldiers. One of the things that they, the CIA did and the military did to enhance the biological and physical performance level of the super soldier, to enhance the mental and cognitive and brain abilities of the super soldier. Some of the things that the CIA used to enhance them and to to uh, make them super soldiers was uh, experimenting with psychedelic drugs like LSD and mescaline and other psychedelic drugs, entering meditation states, changing your brain waves through hypnosis, through electromagnetic frequencies, <clears throat> through research from the Monroe Institute, and all kinds of stuff, all kinds of heavy-duty stuff. So where does this bring us? This is where it bring, brings us. Uh, and this is what's in my book, Power From On High and The Greatest Battle. And you've got, look, get it, read it, distribute it, teach it. If you're afraid of it, I'll tell you right now, if you're afraid of reading Power From On High and some of the other books, that's your problem right there. If you're afraid of it, that's your problem right there, because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. You cannot simultaneously receive the supernatural power of God, the dunamis, the dynamite power of God. You cannot simultaneously receive the supernatural power with God, and yet at the same time receive the supernatural power of demonic entities and altered states of consciousness. So what's happening now is that scientific mind control is being used or employed on a global level in which shock, crisis, isolation, social isolation, and other well-known scientific mind control techniques are being employed to deliberately program billions of people's minds on planet Earth through the fear of COVID, through the fear of the vaccination, through economic fear, through, through uh, a future fear. All of these fears are being amplified so that they can download into the minds and consciousness of billions of people the Great Reset. And the Great Reset is totalitarianism at its worst, but they're lying. So they're selling the Great Reset as if it was hardcore Marxism or hardcore socialism or hardcore communism. That is what the Great Reset really is. You'll live in a cubicle somewhere in the desert 
with a row of solar panels on the roof, and you'll use minimal water, minimal power. You'll have little or no social isolation or interaction, excuse me. And you will be connected via like a synthetic umbilical cord. You will be connected to other people in a artificially created world, a virtual reality, a multiverse, if you will. And you will live in this futuristic, dark utopia, a very dark utopia, because the only way the Luciferian elite who serves Lucifer, and the only way uh, a genetically modified human race can be transformed into a slave race is when their DNA is altered, when they receive a neural implant with a wireless transmitter and a wireless receiver. And so this is on the playing field. Now, you have a choice. This is the message of my book, Power from on High, The Greatest Battle, A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2, uh, Conquering the Matrix. This is the message of those books and the message I'm trying to spread far and wide. Your children, as it stands now, your peers, your children, and other people alive right now on planet Earth are going through the most excruciating trials and tribulations, all of which have been predicted by <clears throat> um, all of which have been predicted by Bible prophecy, the book of Revelation, and the prophetic passages in Scripture, including the rising New World Order and the forces of Antichrist, the Battle of Armageddon, World War III, all of these things, and genetically modified human beings. All of these things are synergistically coming together, and their purpose and goal, the goal of, of the uh, Global Reset, is to pull no punches and totally enslave through scientific mind control and technology and genetics, to totally enslave the human race all around the world using the subterfuge of total blackout fear, using the hoodwink of, of mass hypnotic programming, all of this going on at the same time. And the goal is... You see, I talk about this in the book, and, and, and I just don't, I have time to just pass over it quickly. But the goal is to breed and develop a slave race that will become the slaves of the globalist elite, the Luciferian elite. And they will rule just as they ruled ancient Babylon where they ruled from a pyramidical-shaped tower, the Tower of Babel, which is the same shape, pyramidical, of the Egyptian pyramids. So these pyramid structures, which are 
the models of a Luciferian dictatorship, which is really the model of a satanic dictatorship, is sweeping the world, and it's going to incinerate the world if it's not stopped. So when we shrink this down to a microscopic level and look at what's going on in your life, your children's life, your grandchildren's life, the life of our nation, the the threat on our freedoms, when you look at all of these things and examine all of these things, you see that our world is being manipulated and socially engineered into a digital, electronic, and totalitarian regime, just like Brave New World. And that's what we're on the fast track of. Now, you have a choice that you can give to yourself, give to your children, give to your grandchildren, give to your fellow Christians. You have a choice, and this is what your choice is. If you allow yourself to be sucked in to the swirling ebb and flow of spiritual deception, you will be sucked up into the great apostasy, and you will become a a Luciferian god, but it's an illusion because you won't be any kind of god. That's number one. Number two is, on your interpersonal level, on your inner identity level, God created you to be powerful and strong and intelligent. God equipped you with all kinds of gifts, and uh, God uh, gave you all kinds of fruit of the Holy Spirit, and God clothed you with power from on high, and God has already sent his angelic armies into the earth to help you. So what is what is next on the uh, game plan for Lucifer and the end times? God has given his people a choice, as he always does, as he always does. So when you look at history, you see that God's people are either being victorious and conquering the evil one, or God's people are going into captivity and becoming slaves. It's one or the other. Now, how you win the game, just like in the Matrix, how you win the game is contingent upon whether or not you're going to play the game according to the rules and the wisdom and the game plan of God. So, your children, yourself, your husband, your wife, people you know, if Everyone that you and I talk to, and the more we can push forward uh, through social media, the more people that we can raise their consciousness, shine the light of Jesus Christ upon, the more that we can do this, the more we can spread the fires of revival, the more that we can spread the dunamis, the dynamite power of God. And so this is where we are. We are literally at the last, we are literally at the last trumpet. We are literally at a place where the human race has never been before. Jesus Christ is preparing to return to planet Earth in an event called the second coming of Jesus Christ. And he will ride from heaven to Earth, riding 
a white horse, and behind him will be the armies of heaven, the angelic armies, and all the people who have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus and the armies of heaven will descend upon Israel, and specifically uh, descend upon Jerusalem in the last days, and they will conquer the Antichrist, they will conquer the false prophet, they will conquer Satan and the fallen angels. And you can expect to see in the relatively near future massive global wars like Ezekiel 38, the war of Gog and Magog. You will see the rise of Antichrist and the rise of Antichrist technology. But here's the critical truth the critical truth is that the evil one, the fallen angels, the satanic entities, they can all be destroyed. They can all be paralyzed. They can all be bound. Remember, Adam and Eve were given the authority to both bind and loose demonic powers and demonically controlled people. We are not supposed to be the victims or the slaves of Satan's minions. If we sharpen our mind by accessing the mind of Christ by faith, if we possess knowledge which inevitably gives us power, it's then and there that we become more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And when we become more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, we receive, we are clothed with power from on high. And then the direction of the spiritual battle and the multidimensional battle in reality, it morphs, it changes, and things are not what they once appeared to be. When the Holy Spirit comes upon his children, that's you and me and others, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, the Holy Spirit redeems and alters our cognitive abilities and alters our perception. When the Lord alters our perception, he makes us more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And then we become overcomers. And then we become more than conquerors. And when we're in that modality, clothed with power from on high, we're not playing religion anymore. We are endowed with the supernatural power of God. So I want to encourage you to join with me now and ask the Lord, Lord, I'm in this for real, and ask the Lord how much he wants you to donate and give financially with your contributions, how much he wants you to donate. Ask the Lord what you should give and then obey the Lord. Ask the Lord what he would have you do and then carry out the action and mission assignment of what the Lord would have you do. And then I'm asking you to help finance this ministry and this message so that we can move with this message across the world and literally save millions of people through a multiplication of the gospel. And then I'm asking you to join with me in spiritual warfare, intercessory warfare. And finally, I'm asking you to join me in spreading the word far and wide. 
spreading the word far and wide. Now, when we do all of these things together, then we're in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ, and then we're about our Father's business, and we're devoted and dedicated to bringing in the last day's soul harvest. Visit paulmcguire.us and get yourself a copy of Power from on high. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit PaulMcGuire.us. <laughs>